welcome back to the Legal Digest podcast. This is your host, Natalie, and in this episode, I'm joined by Gulnaz Raja. Gulnaz owns two businesses, a law firm, GNR Solicitors, and a legal consultancy firm, the Legal and Governance Hub. In addition, she is a board trustee director for a social enterprise, a coach, and a lecturer. Prior to this, she worked as a financial services regulatory lawyer and chartered company secretary for professional within banking. We're going to be talking about how your legal skills can help you to excel as an entrepreneur and the key things to consider if you're thinking of taking the leap and want to turn your passion into a business. Thanks for joining me on the podcast, Gornaz. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, firstly, can we talk a bit more about your legal career and your businesses? Yeah, so I, I've had quite a, a varied legal career. Um, I started my legal career with a, a small high street law firm, actually doing a range of um, covering a range of topics from um, family, immigration, conveyancing, wills, the whole everything that you can think of in a in a, a high street. Um, and then I was sort of quite sort of looking f- to move out of that, um, having stayed on after my training contract. And then I moved into banking. Um, really quite lucky to have done that I um, did some um, in route kind of roles that allowed me to get some banking experience um, and I worked at some an ombudsman um, worked for a couple of banks did some compliance roles and then eventually landed um, a regulatory lawyer position Um, and whilst I was doing that I was also doing corporate governance work so I then trained to be a company secretary so I I could be dual qualified solicitor and company secretary and I did some company secretary positions as well um but I'd been in corporate really for 10 years and I worked I did a range of things um range of areas that I worked in from law firms to um in-house banks and for me it was just a, a change of direction and I think the pandemic was a real push for that just looking for freedom and I think I was always quite entrepreneurial anyway um so when I worked for the high street law firm I'd often do the marketing I'd take on instructions directly um it was very hands-on so I um was able to kind of um take that forward and I think I've always had that need to kind of be in charge or be the leader or you know do something that was creative um, so then I started Legal and Governance Hub, um, which is a legal consultancy. And then a year ago, decided to actually open my own law firm, GNR Solicitors. Um, so I've got the two running alongside each other. And, and actually, it's given me the freedom to explore other things as well, like lecturing, being a board trustee. So it's been a, an interesting journey, really. Wow. You're very busy then. so why did you decide you want to become an entrepreneur I know you mentioned a bit about freedom is that the only reason Mm. that you decided to do that I think I've always in the back of my mind always said that one day I would start a law firm um but I I didn't think it would be in my 30s I thought it'd be something that I did kind of in my late 40s or 50s um so I I think for me working um long hours um and also the lack of flexibility I think working within banking was probably the need that that gave me the push really to um be an entrepreneur 
but I've always got ideas you know there's always something that I want to do so even when I'm running my businesses now I'm thinking I want to launch an online training program or I want to be a podcast host which I do a little bit of but don't really get much time to do now (laughs) but there's always something new that I'm looking to do so um I've gone into coaching so um I think that is quite entrepreneurial anyway. And I think looking at my career, I've gone from high street law firm to banking to then working in some of the larger law firms. So I would say that I'm probably not somebody that's boxed into doing one thing. I I'm, I do like to think laterally. I like to retrain. I like to do different things. And I think that's what an entrepreneur does. So if one thing doesn't work, entrepreneurs often will move on to the next thing. Um, or if one thing does work, they'll think, well, how can I kind of diversify and do something else? So there's always this constant creativity um, and thing and a way of kind of shaping up the legal sector, which is not your traditional path of work in a magic circle law firm, stay there until your partner. I've always done things slightly differently, I think. Yeah, and that's true. I think a lot of people are finding that the more kind of traditional roles are quite rigid and they're looking for something different. So you previously talked about the type of mindset needed in business on your website um, for those wanting to take advantage of the coaching service that you offer. Can you tell us a bit more about that and what that really means? Yeah, I think when you when you go into business, I think um, you sometimes people underestimate just what it takes. I think people are obviously nervous to take the first step. And I would always encourage people to take that first step, which you can always do even when you're working full time, obviously, if your contract permits that. Um, But, you know, you're able to still take that first step whatever it might be it could be you want to sell something online you know you're a creative person that makes bags or handbags and you want to sell that online it can be absolutely anything um I think in terms of the mindset it's always about kind of making that first step and actually being willing to not succeed um, and accepting that something may not work and if it doesn't work to then think well how how can I change my business how can I cater for what the market wants um how can I read the market I think it requires a lot of patience Uh, I mean I started my businesses during the pandemic and you know both of them took time the first one actually um started off pretty quickly um the second one took time um but I think it's being patient resilient waiting and 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 just kind of having that belief that it will happen it's just going to take some time and if it doesn't happen it's not a, a failure because you've learned so much along the way you've learned about how to get business you've learned about marketing skills you've learned about networking skills you're constantly evolving as a person so that you can take that mindset forward with you to your next idea or next business or next way of reshaping your business yeah absolutely and lots of people have taken up side hustles and might be Mm. thinking that now is the time to turn this into a business so how do you think legal skills legal skills can help lawyers in business um yeah I think if if you have a legal background and you're entering into business I think you've you've got an advantage I mean there were certain things that I didn't have experience in so things like intellectual property um but I quickly realized that when I launched my business both of them that I I should get you know I should look into things like 
trademark. Um, I should get it, you know, think about doing some exploring on intellectual property office. What does that, what, what's the process to get your business registered? So I ended up registering my um, second business, but I think I wouldn't have, without being a lawyer, I probably would have struggled with the process in terms of what it involves, the search process, the registering process, how long it takes, looking at the register to see if there's any other similar names. Um, I think the commercials as well. So when you're engaging with a new client as a lawyer, it, it's probably going to be it's going to take you you know a lot less time to figure out what needs to go in your engagement letters your terms of conditions how you do business how you set your prices when things go wrong your obligations clients obligations um so i think if you're going into it with a legal background i think getting the found the legal foundations of your business set up is something that you're going to be probably quite experienced in and if you're not a commercial lawyer you'll find a way of being one um so um you'll figure out that process of how to do it um but i think also um i think just generally lawyers when when we work in-house when we work even for law firms there's so many skills that we can use from those experiences to within business not just the legal skills um you know we we may be actually able to sell so if you've worked for a smaller high street law firm you may have experience in actually dealing with clients directly trying to get them to sell trying to sell a product getting them to buy that service if you like um that might help um, maybe if you're in a larger firm and you're a trainee you may not get that hands-on experience but certainly um you know learning to manage you know you're ultimately your clients if you're working in-house the business will be your client you're going to have to learn those skills about how to please the client make sure they're happy make sure they understand the risks in that they you know that their idea may pose um so it's all those skills the compliance the legal the general kind of negotiation communication skills that we naturally have as lawyers um but I think, you know, there's obviously certain things that not not all lawyers are entrepreneurial. You know, they may they just may just want to be looking at the legals. They, they may just want to focus on the day to day tasks in hand. So it's not for everyone. But I certainly think there's a lot of skills that lawyers can tap into to to start a business for, for definite. Yeah, and totally agree with your point about in-house giving you that kind of experience of thinking mm. about all the things that a business um, requires um just having kind of random things put your way all the time you quickly pick up on where to go how to do it and how to kind of present it to mm. people so I think that's a really useful skill um you offer coaching to lawyers thinking of starting their own business and those starting mm. um a law firm so what are the differences between these two models because I think the legal consultancy um model is a fairly new a new thing to the market and it's kind of disrupting that the way that law firms operate so can you kind of take us through the differences between those two models yeah so um if you decide to become sra regulated and, and start your own law firm you're generally going to be undertaking reserved legal activities i mean some firms want to undertake unreserved legal activities or non-reserved legal activities in which case they may also decide um that they want to start a law firm anyway but things like um, so this is governed by the Legal Services Act and that and that outlines like six areas that are six reserved activities. So just to give an example, one might be you're undertaking litigation or, you know, you're um, 
you're having to represent an individual um, and offer them litigation advice. That's something that you can't do um, um, within a legal consultancy capacity. Um, and actually, the, there, are, there are certain areas within the law that, you know, you might be involved in a merger and acquisition and, and funds need to change hands between firms and, and law firms, in which case you need to have a law firm in place. Um, so there's certain activities that you can't do. So just to give an example of what my legal consultancy does, we will do, uh, we'll offer advice to startups and SMEs on their commercials, so their agreements, it could be looking at terms and conditions, it could be looking at, um, you know, a SAS agreement, it may be a, um, a, a distribution, a redistribution agreement. So those kind of things you can undertake quite comfortably. Um, uh, and you could be looking at privacy policies. It, there may be things like legal design that you're looking at, you know, employment policies, how does that translate into an easier way so that employees can understand what's going on. Um, so often a lot of those activities can be done with within a legal consultancy, but there's those six areas that um, anyone that's thinking about whether, whether they need to start a law firm or a legal consultancy um, should look at the Legal Services Act and look at those six areas. I mean, the thing that I did was I just phoned up the SRA and Law Society and, and I just said, look, these are the things that I'm proposing to do under my legal consultancy. Um, do, do you think I need to be regulated? And often they will give you um, good advice. Sometimes they might ask you to go and get some legal advice. Uh, but it's always a good idea to just get, if you're planning to start a legal consultancy, consult the Law Society and SRA, just run it through them. Nothing to be afraid of. I mean, they, they're pretty open and easy to talk to, I find. And you can just run through it because what might work for me may not work for another lawyer. So if, if a lawyer is involved in probate, um, I mean, I, I suspect that they would probably need a law firm for that. So always, you know, get legal advice on that. Um, and don't just think, oh, I can start a legal consultancy. I don't need a law firm. You'll, you'll find that in your legal consultancy, at some point, a client will come to you and say, um, I need help on a property transaction, in which case you won't be able to do it. So you'll often need to you know, uh, consult with a law firm um, and ask the law firm to support you with that. So effectively, your client will end up going through that other law firm. They might still be dealing with you. Um, but I decided to just set up my own um, law firm so that I could offer things like immigration work, which is which is regulated. It must be done by a law firm or somebody that's OISE registered, um, as well as litigation, employment work, um, bit of a grey area but from my understanding it's it's claims management type work so um if you're dealing with employees you must be regulated for that so that way I can use my law firm for regulated work and some of the non-regulated you know, non -regulated work can be via the legal consultancy but again you should always get legal advice. <laughs> okay and so if someone was looking at starting their own legal consultancy firm or law firm so mm. I mean you took us through kind of the things to look out for but are there any other key things that they would need to think about when setting um, either of those up? Yeah so with a law firm particularly when I started my law firm I needed to have five years PQE level um, I don't know if that's changed now it may have it may have decreased or increased but you need to have a certain level of experience um, 
you also need to prove to the SRA that you're capable of running your law firm. Um, so when I went through the process, I was asked, you know, about my experience in-house, my management experience, whether I had experience of, um, you know, uh, considering things like compliance issues within a law firm or legal matters or risk matters. I mean, I had a lot of transferable skills from in-house, so I was able to kind of bring that in and I'd managed people before, so I was able to bring that in as well. Um, I didn't have a traditional kind of magic circle law firm route, but I think because I'd worked in law firms, I was able to kind of refer to examples. So it's a lot more stringent. You can't just fill out a form and, and hope for the best and start a law firm. You're, you've got to, go through the application process there's obviously fees attached to it um sra will will be will give you a grilling um on why they think to make sure you're suitable to start a law firm um but it's not just the sra you've got to convince the insurance to get your professional indemnity insurance which can be very expensive um you may not even get it because it, the market is so um it's a bit of a crazy market at the moment although it is it is improving i think possibly this year um you've got to prove to the insurance company you know you need to have a business plan in place um you need to show that you've got your policies in place you need to show that you understand sra accounts sra if you're going to be a money laundering reporting officer so i'm a money laundering reporting officer for my firm i'm also the compliance officer um the finance officer so i wear all these hats in a law firm and I've got to be able to show both people, the insurance company and the law, the SRA, that I'm capable of, of undertaking those roles. With a legal consultancy, obviously you, you don't need to wear all those hats, but actually I, I actually, a lot of the, the principles that I apply in my law firm, I apply in my business anyway. So having a client care in place, the kind of engagement that's required. Obviously I don't have um, a client account um, with my legal consultancy I do with my law firm so that has a separate set of SRA rules on that um, so uh, policies again HR compliance data protection is a huge area that applies for both areas which is obviously you know looked at by the ICO um, there's a lot of similar principles but you're obviously just not regulated by the SRA with a legal consultancy yeah and with all of that being comfortable with the amount of responsibility as well that you have mm. um, is quite a big thing. So you mentioned about um, and a certain amount of experience and PQE, and this kind of brings me on to the last question then. So do you think then it matters what age or PQ, PQE you have when you're running mm. your legal consultancy firm? I think with legal consultancy, I mean, I'm not sure, for me, it was quite straightforward because I knew that I, I'd had 10 years PQE, so I didn't really have to think about that. Um, but I do know that, you know, there are people that haven't, um, you know, they may just be, they may have been legal consultants or they may not have even, you know, um, had gone through a training contract process. Um, they've set up legal consultancies as well. So I don't know a huge amount around, around whether you must be legally qualified, um, but I certainly think it helps um, to have, you know, some sort of legal training uh, in place so that you understand what it actually means when you're offering that legal advice. And I think also when clients come to you, they may ask you, you know, what's your background? They might be interested to know, are you legally qualified? Um, what's your what's your credentials? So I think it certainly does help. Um, 
but again obviously with SRA that when certainly when I applied there was a requirement to be five years PQE that may have changed now so it's obviously worth just double checking with with the SRA and there's lots of information on their website about that yeah okay well thanks very much for all of your your advice and sharing us with you with us um your experience and what you're what you're doing it's been really interesting to talk to you about this um that brings us to the end of the episode if you would like to hear more about the services Cornell's provides then you can find her details in this episode's description and if you have any questions on the discussions in today's podcast you can reach out to us on social media or by email <laughs>